Welcome to the NC-17 Sports Podcast. This is where two lifelong friends get together to discuss and argue sports, their lifelong passion. They don't always agree, and when that happens, it's raw and unfiltered. Here are your co-hosts, Amar and Haas. Yo, 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 what's going on? This is Amr. This is Haas. This is NC17 Sports. What up? What's the deal? Let's do this. So it was a busy weekend, and uh, the Masters, Haas, oh. what, what, what went down? Well, you know what? Uh, I'll tell you something. I don't know how many listeners of our podcast would actually be into the Masters or golf for that matter. Right. And I'll tell you right now. It's one of those games, and I, I think you've, you've never really played, so you don't get it. You don't get why the fascination of people watching it on TV and following <laughs> no, I it. Yeah, I, <laughs> I figured as much, and I, I think most people are like that too. But Tiger Woods really changed that for a lot of people. You have to really play the game to appreciate the things that these guys do. And growing up, we both played plenty of sports, and we played them at high levels. And we worked at it. We worked hard, and, you know, you saw immediate results. With golf, the more you work, the worse it gets, it seems. But it's the toughest, single toughest game ever played. And that's why people get frustrated with it and give it up. It's expensive. you got to pay for tee times. you got to reserve tee times. You have etiquette. You have all this shit going on. You can't oh. just pick up a good. Yeah, well, that's my problem with it. It's like a rich man's sport. And uh, these guys out there in their polos and slacks, and they got sticks in their hands walking around on the greens. It's all lovely, lovey dovey, you know. And uh, <laughs> I just don't get it. Uh, well, it's not old men anymore, though. It's not really old men anymore. It's Tiger Woods changed that, man. If you look at the guys that won, Patrick Reed, Ricky Fowler, Jordan Spieth, those guys are young bloods, and they were, they're here because Tiger Woods started all off. Tiger Woods really started off for me because when I was in college, he was starting to come into prominence, and, you know, his, he was an amateur at the time, and all of a sudden he just burst onto the scene and, uh, been dominating, and he was dominant for a long time. Well, no doubt about that, same here. I mean, uh, I wouldn't give it two shits about, uh, golf if it wasn't for Tiger Woods. Right. With Tiger Woods around, people are watching. Like me, I don't give a shit, but when he's on, I watch. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's exactly what, and that's how I got turned on to it. I used to watch, watch all these guys I used to work with, and older guys who were, had Golf Channel on, and I'm like, what's fucking wrong with you? You know, put on some football, put on some basketball, fuck, put on baseball, it's summertime, put baseball on. Um, right. You know, none of those other sports were on at the time. This was like August in baseball seasons, uh, you know, just going into the playoff push. You know, that, right. things are heating up there because September, obviously. Um, but anyway, Patrick Reed, can go hats off to him, 15 under for the tournament. Um, Ricky Fowler, another young blo- young buck, he had a furious comeback. Uh, he ended up second place, one stroke back off the lead. And uh, Jordan Spieth, he was nine behind, nine strokes behind the leader, Patrick Reed, going into the final round. He shot a furious eight under, eight under par. Um, and if you don't know golf, you probably don't understand what I'm saying, so uh, oh, I'll leave I, it. I, I know that much, and I think I read that um, it was, he, he matched up. A record? 64? Yeah, 64 on the final day. That's Exactly, yeah. That's 8 under. 72 is par for the round, and he ended up shooting 64, which is 8 under par. So, yeah, it's a record, and he he just, he he was on fire. Um, So he finished third place. Um, Woods, uh, the notable, 
He tied for 32nd. He shot a one over. Not bad for, you know, a long layoff and coming back and, you know, and he and ended up shooting three under in the final round. And getting cut quite a bit, not even making the not, not even making the cut last couple of years of any tournament. Yeah, again, golf is so difficult because you get hurt. Uh, you know, it's not like basketball or baseball or football. Football, but you get hurt if it's a serious injury, then it'll affect you. Um, but you know, you get even a minor twinge or whatever, and you mess up your wrist a little bit here, there, banged up, you're a little hitch in your swing, and you're gonna have a bad day at the office. I mean, golf is just absolutely the most difficult. You, you'll never know what's going to happen with that ball once it lands. I mean, you can hit the perfect shot and if it lands on like a sprinkler head or something like that, it could bounce off into the woods or something. So, it, it, it is a very tough game. But you know, you know, I know a lot of athletes who, you know, you would think it's you know, if you're a good athlete, you'd be great at golf. All I got to say is, Charles Barkley. <laughs> I don't know if you ever seen him. I mean, he was oh, a fantastic, yeah. uh, you know, NBA yeah, athlete. Damn, Ath- damn, damn, ugly swing. Too. Ugliest swing ever, man. It's like holy cow, a guy that talented. He could dunk a ball to three sixties, and you know, with a body like that, and he was able to move around quick. You know, jump as high as he did, and everything. He was able to maneuver around. He can't do that. He can't do anything with a golf club in his hands. He just can't. It's ugly. It's That's absolutely a good ugly. Analogy. That's but, a good analogy. But, but isn't it, is it an athletic sport? It, it's, is it athletic or isn't it? Is it athletic? athletic. Well, hand-eye coordination, um, you know, that, that's big. I mean, that's, athletes all possess that. Um, all good athletes have great hand-eye coordination and everything. Um, you know, your uh, everything else is, uh, you don't see like huge, I mean, John Daly, but that's, you know, that's beers. You know, that's a beer belly right there. But, you know, you don't see too many huge golfers. I mean, Tiger Woods started getting bigger, and I think that affected his game. You see a lot of slender, tall, skinny, and using your body as a lever. Um, Ironically enough, you know, I mean, I I put up some weights. I I like to hit the gym, and you would think I'd hit the ball far. I can't. Like, I mean, well, I can, but into the woods or into the water. I'll hit it like the hook. Right, hook, left, whatever. I mean, it just—it's ugly. But the, the, I would think that one type of athlete out there, or one group of athletes, hockey players. Those guys have that slap shot technique going, and they could translate that into a a good golf swing. Most uh, hockey guys are pretty darn good golfers, and uh, you know, here it is. That's our. You hear that bell? That yeah, means our it. our time is over for this. So next next subject. And it's a good segue. Uh, we got the NHL. NHL playoffs. Yep, all set. My favorite time of the year. Who do you like? Well, you know, the, the beauty of NHL playoffs is that you never know who can win. And that's the beauty of it because all the teams are pretty much, you know, pretty much equal. Uh, the number one seed overall the best record in the league was the National Predators with 117 points. And they go against Colorado. This is the Western Conference. They go against Colorado. Now, you know, it might look like, yeah, it's, no, uh, it's not a big deal. National should, you know, steamroll them, sweep them. But hockey, if you get a hot goalie going, you know, all bets are off. And uh, let me tell you about the Eastern Conference. The uh, Tampa Bay won the number one seed with 113 points. Now, my point was this about the 
how the teams are so close to each other. The Florida Panthers, who are in the Eastern Conference, there were 14 games over 500, and they missed the playoffs. 14 games over 500 missed the playoffs. Wow. And that's on, in the Eastern Conference, right? In the Atlantic, in the Eastern Conference, Atlantic yeah. Division. Right. I mean, that's pretty amazing. That, that shows, is. Yeah. I mean, back in the day, if you were 500, you'll make, you, you make the playoffs. But not, not, not anymore. You have to be really good. And it's amazing that they didn't, you know, uh, get in. So, wait, just, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but, you know, while you're talking about that, amazing that they, you know, have 14 games over 500. Right. You know what really amazes me, and I think it's a record, for an expansion team. Expansion oh. team. You know where I'm going with this, right? Yeah. The Vegas Golden Knights finished 51 and 24. 20, unreal. unreal. Like, I mean, how, how did that happen? Well, Is, they got, well, they, 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 they had the opportunity to cherry pick players. Well, not cherry pick. Every team had to reserve some players to put them off the roster. And then the the expansion team, Vegas Golden Knights, you know, they had to uh, pick the players. And they, you know, they put together a good team. Uh, props up to uh, the GM for putting the team together. They got a very good head coach. And uh, check this out. Their goaltender is uh, Flurry, the ex-Penguins goalie. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. So there's, so, I mean, so they got, they, they were able to do it in the expansion draft, but, you know, the pro, the thing is, you know, their other teams have had expansion drafts and everything like that and have not done nearly as well, not even close no, to what Nashville has done. Not even done, close, yeah. You know? mean, uh, other teams were like dead last, like, you know, 31st or 30th in the league. Yeah, this is, this is unreal. But, uh, locally, uh, for here in New Jersey, the Devils. Finally Devils, back in. Yeah, and very, very interesting. They could be a tough out. I mean, they play Tampa Bay. Uh, Number one team in the uh, division, in the conference. Yeah, in the conference. And Devils got the second wild card. But uh, Devils are going to be tough. It's a tough matchup. Tampa Bay is great. They have great speed, great scores. But the Devils could put, a, put up a good fight. And uh, I think uh, I will pick Tampa Bay, but I think it should go at least six games. Like with all these series, I think at least six games is probably going to go. But the interesting thing will be the Capitals. Yeah, they're not going to do shit. They're like the Toronto Raptors of the uh, NHL. (laughs) Toronto Raptors, Washington Nationals, whatever (laughs) else team you can put out there that have a great regular season, they choke. Choke. Choke Choke. artists galore. But I I really hope Alex Ovechkin, you know, gets to raise that cup. I'm going to ask you a question. Sidney Crosby or uh, Ovi? Early in their careers, uh, I would have said Ovechkin because he's just a, a freight train. He is. I still like but, him. But uh, if you talk about overall player, is Sidney Crosby. So no when you're going to – I mean, he's got like two Stanley Cups under his belt. Um, three. Three, that's three. right. That's, that's right. Um, he um, – if you were to start a franchise today – you, so I, I take it you're going to pick Crosby? Yes, I would take Crosby, number one. If you were to put Ovechkin on that Pittsburgh team, how do you think Pittsburgh would do? Well, And vice versa. And uh, have him trade it. Trade Ovi for um, the kid and the Crosby. What happens? What happens, I think Capitals win a couple of cups. 
And uh, penguins, penguins do not. So Crosby does make that difference. And hockey, you know, since there was only, you know, a certain finite amount, of small amount of players, there was, what, uh, five guys and a goalie, right? Yes, uh, three forwards and two defensemen yep. uh, and four lines, yes. Yeah. That's the starting. That's the people. That that's the team that's on either on offense. They both play both ways, offense and defense. So they're on at any one time. There it is, five plus one goalie. Um, so six players total for each team. Um, the different players. They, uh, you know, Ovechkin is a wing, is a winger, and uh, Crosby is a centerman. A centerman is like a quarterback right. for your for your offense. Or like you know, he's like the Messi or the Ronaldos of the world for soccer. Like he he controls all the action. Yeah. Like you know, he you know feeds the puck to his uh to his wingers to his guys. So uh, my analogy is like yeah, like a quarterback. He's a quarterback of the offense. All right, that's five minutes are up for that. Let's move on to the next round. And the next one is NCAA. Oh yeah, and my favorite time of year. Um, you know, I'm gonna be honest. Uh, NCAA is a tournament. Is a tournament. It, it, it's amazing, no matter what. It, it is absolutely a fun time of year. I used to take the first Thursday and Friday of the tournament off from work. I used to never take vacation. Those are my two days I used to take off the year, and I would, uh, you know, sit in front of the TVs just watch the games all day long from 11:45, 12 o'clock, noon till midnight. You know, and that's a, that's how my days would go. Um, that's how much I used to love them. And those were the days when it was not the one and done days. It was like you know, a lot of the guys stayed on. Um, I I started watching in the late '80s. Um, it heated up in the '90s for me, especially when Bobby Hurley out of Jersey City, St. Anthony's, ended up going to Duke. Played four years, Christian Leitner four years. Um, all those players were there for four years in college, but now because of the money and the sneaker game and, you know, and then, you know, the NCAA, honestly, they don't treat the athletes right. They just don't. They, they treat them like crap. Um, they make so much money off of them. They're making a ton of money off of their asses. And then there's corruption. You know, look at, you know, a prime example, Arizona, Sean Miller. You put these guys in a position to really, you know, you milk them. You take all their, uh, you use them and abuse them. And that's that's what it comes down to. Because a lot of times these guys give their hearts and souls. They get injured. What happens to them? Their, their pro careers are over. What's going to happen afterwards? Yes, they'll get a good education and everything like that. But a lot of times these guys don't go to school to get the education at all either, you know. So a lot of them are forced to go to school because it's the one and done system. For football, we can understand. You know, you have to go for at least, you have to play for, uh, you know, three years or be in school for three years, mature that much to, right. you can be a redshirt sophomore. That, that's three years. Um, but, you know, I can understand the development process there. You need to develop your body. Otherwise, you're going up against freight trains that run like a four three forty. you know. Um, but when it comes to the NCAA, you know, I, I'm not going to... I'm getting too much on the soapbox here, but hats off to Villanova. This is the first team that has gone um, to the championship, won the championship, and has won every single game along the way in double digits or more. Double digits, not or more, because yeah. the or more would be triple digits. But yeah, they well, win by double digits. Yeah, it was a snooze fest. That final was a snooze fest. Yeah, it I mean, it started out it started out pretty exciting for the first. Five minutes, and then just forget about it. You know, I mean, both stars came out, uh, Brunson, but the guy, that, the, the player of the year was Brunson. Um, 
but the guy, the sixth man who won the MOP, Most Outstanding Player of the tournament, uh, was Dante DiVincenzo. And he ended up coming off the bench, scoring 30-plus points, and uh, ended up helping you know Villanova. They didn't need the help. I mean, they, they, they manhandled Michigan, and as they manhandled almost every team along the way. The, the real snooze fest was the Villanova-Kansas game. I mean, that was over in the first five minutes. <laughs> I wonder how much horse-shit-eating... Horse shit was going on in uh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I remember the Eagles. That's right. Oh my god! I, I cannot believe that happened. It was that, did, did that, that really that, happen? Oh, it really happened. Uh, you guys could YouTube it out there. It's really out there. The guy uh, bent uh, bent down, and there was a horse shit in the street. And the guy bends bends down and takes a mouthful. What was it? A, a bet that he lost or something? Was there any context around? No, it? no. He just crazy Philly fans. Fuck, damn! I oh my god! I I just I I think I'm done. I I'm done. I I can't talk anymore. Oh, I'm, I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. I mean, that's like White Castle eating White Castle, but worse. Oh my god! Wow. Anyway, Villanova, good for you guys. Hey, bringing another championship yeah. to Philadelphia and. You know, Jay Wright, what a, what a great coach. And, you know, I hope he stays in Villanova. Hope he becomes a Mike Krzyzewski of his era and, you know, does a wonderful job down there. And he has a really good program. He does it right. Um, hats off to Loyola Chicago. Those guys made a deep, yeah. deep run. First time an 11 seed that has gone after in a long time um, has gone on to the Final Four, and they had a good chance to beat Michigan. They were up for quite a bit of the game and very close throughout the end in the second half. Michigan just blew the doors off. Wagner just went off and, you know, led the team to victory in 69-57. Um, on the other side of all of this is Arizona with Sean Miller and the distraction that he brought upon with the right. old NCAA investigation into impropriety, impropriety uh, of his behavior in terms of, I think it was their uh, Dayton, DeAndre Ayton, who's going to be their number, who's going to be probably the number one pick in the NBA, but there was money paid under the table. And you know what? There's money being, being paid under the table to all of oh, these it's, athletes. It's a sleazy business. It's a business. It's very sleazy. It is. And, and you know, it's, it's, the system's got to be revamped. And I, I have no answers for it and everything. So the one-and-done system needs to go away. I, I think it would be so – the rivalries will be back once you have at least, you know, have three years of college, you know, three years of playing time. And, you know, I remember the, the rivalries of all St. John's, Georgetown with Patrick Ewing and Chris Mullen at St. John's and Howard Plansky and – all these guys in Villanova, Ed Pinkney, and I mean, those were, yeah. that's a big East I'm talking about. Jim Beheims, Dwayne Pearl, Washington, and uh, then John Barry out of um, St. John's. I'm talking about, I'm biased because this is Northeast, but, you know. Right. Now, Haas, why do you think the ratings were down? They were down 11%. All right, that's our bell. I'll, I'll go into it a little bit more. Um, the ratings are probably down, you know, just because people are probably... All right, so this is one thing that I have a question about. I have the same question with the NFL. The ratings that you talk about, are those TV ratings, or do they include the streaming ratings as well? Because a lot of people have cut the cord. I watched everything streaming. Now, I think it, I think it was all three. 
Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't have an answer for that. Uh, people might be turned off by the whole uh, one and done, not the one and done by the NCAA scandals okay. or something, but I, I don't have an answer for that. But All right. listen, baseball has baseball season has started. I don't want to ignore it. Let's talk about it. I, I know you have a lot to say, especially about this Hayward guy. <laughs> Where should I start? Should I start with Hayward? Start with Hayward. Just start off with the po- negatives. <laughs> okay, Jason Hayward. All right, I still I don't get it. I tweeted about this quite often in the last couple of years. The guy signed an eight-year deal for $184 million in 2016. Now, what did he do to deserve that? In 2015, he got, let me see, 2015, he had 13 home runs, 60-something RBIs, batted 290 in 154 games. 13 home runs, 60 ribbies, 290. How does that give you almost like around $28 million a year? I tell you what, though. It was the funniest thing. I I mean, I follow you on Twitter, obviously, and you would go off on Hayward. (laughs) I like nowhere. You'd be sitting there like... What the fuck is wrong with the Cubs? Why are they paying him this much money? Why are they doing that? Why am, am I, I wrong? Am I wrong? And you know what? I'm going to tell you right now. I, I I disagree with you quite a bit, and I agree with you quite a bit too. You know when it's right. I agree with you here. Like I I don't understand. I I don't know what he's done. What does he have on the GM that the GM rolled up a money <laughs> truck, reversed it into his driveway, and said here. You know, no, you suck, I, but here's $28 million. I, I, I'm trying to understand. Like, I, you know, I mean, uh, if people ask me if I want to have my kids play football, fuck football, baseball. Yeah, no, yeah, baseball. Baseball. Like, no, guaranteed money. Yeah, well, I mean, it's guaranteed when you're Hayward. Right. Okay, so in 2016, his first year with the Cubs, he played 142 games. Guess what? Only seven home runs, 49 RBIs, and he hit, and he hit 230. 2017, 126 games played. Probably because, I'm not sure if he was hurt, but probably because he's probably benched. He was benched. He sucks. Right. He got benched in the playoffs, too. So, 11 home runs, 59 ribbies, 259 average. I'm sorry. I don't know how he's making all this money. If he was a free agent now, he'd be lucky to get $5 million a year. Oh, he'd, he'd be lucky to have a job. He'd be lucky to have a job. He'd be lucky to have a ten day contract. Well, that's NBA, but he'd be lucky to even have a contract. He'd be delegated to the minors, you know, relegated or whatever they call it, right away, pretty much. I mean, the guy hasn't. He came out with a lot of promise, you know. He did came, come out, you know, into the so Atlanta. They gave, so they gave the contract uh, on potential. Not what he really did. Well, don't you get it? A lot of this stuff is on potential. It, it, a lot of this stuff is based and on. And he did have a good year in Atlanta, you know, one year. But and I think, unfortunately, a lot of these players cash in on their contract years, the years where it's their final year of their contract, and that's when they really perform. When I'm drafting a football, uh, you know, players and everything like that, I look for who, which guys are in contract years because you know they're going to perform, they're going to do their best to kick ass in the gym or whatever on the field or whatever they need to do behind the scenes to make sure they get the money after the season's over. Yeah, this offseason has proved that it's no more potential. It's about what you've done. All right, so where you're headed. So, Hayward, that's one end of the spectrum. How about the other end, Otani? Oh, man. What kind of debut? What a debut. 
Unreal. What Unreal. a debut. I mean, they were talking about maybe he won't make the team coming out of spring training. The team was sending him down, you know, because he looked lost uh, in spring training. But uh, he almost had a perfect game the other night. I know. In the seventh inning. He had a one-hitter, I think, he pitched, or was it a two-hitter? Yeah, yeah, well, he had 12 Ks. Um, I don't know how many hits he gave up, but still. And some of the he's, – he's making history. He is the third player in baseball history to get two wins and three home runs in his team's first 10 games. That's one nugget. Another nugget. Third player to ever homer in three consecutive games and also record a double-digit strikeout game in the same season. Two players have done that before. One is Ken Brett in 1973. I have no idea who that is. I don't know who that is. But the other guy, you do know who that is. Babe Ruth. Yes, Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth, baby. That guy, legend. I mean, that's... That's some good company, I'd say. I'd say. Um, but you know what? At the end of the day, I want to see what kind of – I've seen a lot of guys come out of the gate um, doing yeah. impressive, impressive things and then just to fizzle out. So, you know, once the batters figure them out, once the pitchers yeah. figure them out, let's see what happens. Exactly. It's a league of, a league of uh, adjustments. Right. So, I mean, but you know what? Hats off, Otani. You, you're doing great, man. Uh, good for you. Uh, I had no idea what to expect. I thought, you know, another Japanese player. I thought it would be a flop, yes, yeah. especially after spring training. So, I mean, speaking of baseball, while we're on the subject, you see what the Red Sox are doing the Yankees right now? 14-1, bottom of the seven, two outs. And oh, the one good. run was a 444 uh foot bomb by Aaron Judge, but other than that, it's been nothing. It's been 14-1. Severino got knocked out, you know, in the fifth inning. Yeah, he gave up five surprising. runs. Yeah, I mean, he's been pitching pretty strong, and, I mean, obviously he's going to get tagged with the loss. Yeah, it's okay to have a, have a bad game once in a while, but uh, uh, the Red Sox look strong, man. Red Sox 8-1, and they're going to probably go to – probably. They're going to definitely go to 9-1 and today unless, you know – you know, the, the Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig and Mickey Mantle and the ghost of Yankees past come back and get another another bad contract on that team is David Price, but somehow this year he's pitching pretty good so far to start the season off. But you and I both know he sucks in the playoffs. He hasn't done shit in the playoffs. He's another guy making too much money. <laughs> well, That's remember that run when Tampa Bay went to... Oh, he was a young kid. He was a young was kid. A young I thought that was the last... I remember he struck out the side. He struck out Ramirez, Manny Ramirez. Even they were playing in Boston. He struck out Manny Ramirez, struck out uh, Big Poppy, and uh, who was the other guy? It just escapes my memory. I'll have to look it up and report back to you guys. But it was impressive what he did. I mean, he was a big game pitcher as a, that was, as a that kid. Was only, yeah, that was the only time. That was the only that, time. That was his rookie year, I guess. He I was disastrous was with Detroit. Detroit oh my game. goodness! Backed up the money truck to his house. I mean, Yankees had his number too every single time. Oh man, we I, yeah, it was great seeing the Yankees do that to him. It was it was just um, yeah, they did. So speaking yeah. of the Yankees, tell me about <laughs> your thoughts on Aaron Boone. Uh, I love Girardi. I, I really did. Um, I wish he stuck around. He made the most of what we had. He really did. Um. Boone, he's I guess he's new age. He fits the mold of the Yankee brass, what they desire it's now. The mold, 
Okay? Yeah. Never, never had a job new mold. before. The new mold. Yeah, not have it. I agree with you, man. What the Just because you know how to talk baseball and right. you're a talking head and you impress someone with your, oh, he should be hitting in this position. He should be. You could be a manager. I could be a manager. That means. Yeah. That. I, I, you know, I mean, I, 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 jury's still out. I'm not going to comment on it. I, I just, I just wish Girardi so it was a shock to me that Girardi took a team that had no business being in the playoffs. Right. He took them to, uh, three outs away from a World Series. Game seven of the NLC, uh, NL, yeah, they're playing the National League now, in the ALCS. So, I mean that that was something. I mean, for him to do something like that, for him to take him there and then not be with the team a year after, there was turmoil. There was something going on that we don't know of. Um, well, and he's a classy guy. He won't reveal. Yeah. Well, yeah. He won't. He will not reveal. That's true. But uh, I've seen something on Friday night against Baltimore when Chapman was in the game, and uh, Boone comes out of the dugout, and he brings a trainer with him. And then he's like, uh, he has this look on his face, Boone, Boone the buffoon, like a deer, yeah, like a deer in a headlight look. Like he's trying to, like, you know, see what's going on. And then, this is something I've never seen before. He walks back halfway to the dugout, and he's talking to his pitching coach, who's in the dugout, for advice. Uh, he didn't know what the hell to do. Yeah, he I saw what that. What the fuck was that? I saw that. And I was... never, I've never seen that before. Yeah, but he's wow. Aaron fucking Boone. You know, he'll figure it out. Buffoon. <laughs> Buffoon. He yeah. figure it out, bro, because, uh, you know, this team is ready to win, and you trusted a guy with no experience, and um, you, they better get it right. Yeah. It's early. There's a lot of time left, but... Uh, I moved away from New York. I moved away from New York and haven't had. I mean, obviously, I could do everything online now and read the post and read the Daily News and all that and find out what they're saying about him, what he's thinking, and all that. But honestly, like, I, I really want to know why they believe the Yankee brass. Why, especially Cash? I mean, Cashman. How does? Yeah, I love everything he did the last three uh, years. I love everything he's done. It's been unbelievable. But like Boone and over Girardi, like, come on. Was Girardi that abrasive? You know, I right. don't know. So well, that's what the that's what the rumors were. Yeah. Well, listen. This concludes, as you can hear, the time has run out. This concludes our podcast for NC Sports uh, Nation, and it's been a pleasure hosting this show with you. Um, we had a lot to talk about, and, and you know, we still have a lot more to talk about, but we want to make sure that this uh, podcast fits within a thirty-minute. Uh, you know, time span for you guys to, you know, it'll be enough for you to hear it on a workout, listen to it on a commute or something like that, whatever it is that you, however you want to listen to us. I don't want to make sure, I want to make sure we don't go over. Um, we'd love to hear your feedback and you can get back to us on Instagram or Twitter at NC Sports. Amr? Yes, it was a great, it was a great conversation. Thank you. And I hope everyone enjoyed it. And please give us your feedback. Uh, we're trying to be real, so be real with us. Thank you. This is just conversation between two buddies, so, you know, we try to have a little bit of order in here. Usually we're all over the map, and we try to do a format where uh, people would appreciate it and, you know, follow along and would not jump around like we did on our initial podcast. So <laughs> I hope to get some good, uh, valuable feedback. Toronto. 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 Oh, yeah. 
Forget it. Those guys are not going to – they're going to lose in the second – they're, they're going to lose. I mean, they won the number one seed. Yeah, good for you. Cleveland's going to get you. You know, We'll talk about that next time. Next time. Until next time, NC Sports Nation, good night, and we're out. Peace. Peace. Peace.